0: Drippers in Los Angeles seek to join the Actors Union. A confederate festival in Brazil is about to be canceled. And the first vaginal fluid transplant offers hope for millions of unhappy vaginas. These are the weird stories for Monday on the Weird AF News podcast, hosted by Jonesy. Yes, that's right. And you are, you, you are who? Who are you? Come on, tell me who you are. Strippers are the latest workers to join the union wave. Strippers want to be in the union. Strippers in specifically Los Angeles are fighting for better working conditions with the help of the same labor unions that cover Broadway actors. From coffee houses to newsrooms, workers in just about every industry these days are moving toward unionizing in order to improve working conditions And job protection. Well, a more unexpected and disenfranchised group of workers are also moving toward unionization, and that is strippers. They prefer to be called dancers, I believe, so let's call them dancers for the sake of this story. Let's be respectful. We have 15 total dancers at the Star Garden topless dive bar in North Hollywood. Um, They are at the center of the petition. The Stargarden Topless Dive Bar in North Hollywood sounds a lot better with a Boston accent. Fifteen dances at the Star Garden Topless Dive Bar in North Hollywood. <laughs> By the way, this doesn't sound like a place that has nice working conditions. The Star Garden Topless Dive Bar sounds like it might be a, a questionable place. It's got dive bar in the title. That's usually a giveaway. I don't think you want to be a dancer at a place that has dive bar in the title, so my guess is these dancers are not treated very well. Who knows about the insurance situation? I can only imagine. Now, the group of dancers submitted a petition for better and safer working conditions, allegedly resulting in retaliation in the form of being barred from work. Oh, there's some retaliation going on. According to the LA Times, after weeks of protesting outside the club, attempting to dissuade patrons with their accounts of a poor and unsafe dancing environment. The dancers are taking some serious action to fight for basic worker protection. The former employees of the strip club have petitioned for union elections. The dancers have teamed up with some union experts in the Actors' Equity Association, which is a live performance-focused labor union that supports about 50,000 professional actors and stage managers in the U.S. A lot of actors in New York City are in the equity. It's kind of like, you know, anything Broadway, you would be in an actor's equity uh, union situation. It says here, the road to unionization is not going to be easy for these dancers, since the dancers raising the union bid have been banned from working at the club for five months now. Lawyers face the challenge of proving that the dancers were wrongfully let go. Without proof of this, the former employees cannot participate in a vote, which could hinder the entire union process. In case you're wondering how unions work, I don't know much about this, although I am part of a union. It sounds here like the dancers have major beef, though. They have filed a total of 30 complaints within a span of nine months of alleged physical and environmental hazards, etc., it says here, this could be the first strip club to unionize since 1996. Wow. The Lusty Lady Peep Show in San Francisco was actually the very first strip club to unionize. Did you know that? Uh, they established the Exotic Dancers Union with the Service Employees International Union. That peep show club ultimately closed in 2013, making the Star Gardens move to unionize a monumental moment for dancers right now. I suppose we'll see how this plays out. I, I for one, am totally supportive of dancers having a union, whatever makes their situation better, because that can't be an easy profession, I'd imagine. There's a lot of uh, seedy individuals that hang around that industry. There's probably a lot of narcotics involved in that industry, a lot of maltreatment of dancers, I would imagine all kinds of shenanigans going on so whatever helps protect them I'm all for that for sure. I support the dancers, guys, I do. You should know that about me. Weird AF news supports the dancers of America or uh and we support whatever union they create, the uh the unionized dancer coalition. And I can't help but think that one day there'll be a podcasting union. Yeah. Who's going to protect me? I have rights. Have you seen my working conditions? I record in a 125 degree closet. I think that's. I, th- I think I should be in a union. The Confederate Festival in Brazil may get canceled. They might cancel the Confederate Festival, guys. Let's find out why and where this is. I didn't know they were doing Confederate festivals anymore. It says here, a new law could mark the end of an annual celebration of the Confederacy. Not in the United States, but in rural Sao Paulo, Brazil. Fascinating. How did a Confederate festival emerge in Sao Paulo, Brazil? Let's find out. Festa Confederada, or Confederate festival, has been taking place in Santa Barbara de de Oeste for the past four decades. Wow thousands of defeated confederates went into exile in brazil in case you didn't know they were unwilling to abide by the union's victory and consequent emancipation of enslaved black individuals and they set up a colony near santa barbara de oeste they bought hundreds of slaves who they forced to labor for them on cotton fields down there until 1888 when brazil became the last nation in the americas to actually ban slavery Okay, so you have a bunch of confederates going all the way down there, huh? They really wanted to keep slavery going. (laughs) They they really liked slavery. (laughs) They went like 5,000 miles south to keep it going. (laughs) Wow, okay. Now, on the site of a cemetery for the colony, the descendants of this American confederates host an annual festival. Wow, look at the photos, man. They're into it. A lot of flags, guys. Big ones. Let's see what the festival includes. Men and women dancing in period costumes to country music. Attendees use Confederate bucks to buy chicken and biscuits. <laughs> Confederate bucks. <laughs> a Way to hold on to tradition. Do you actually trade human beings, too, for for chicken and waffles? Do you do that? <laughs> Confederate people. Come on. <laughs> says here there's Confederate flags, including one of the world's largest. Wow, they're so proud of their giant-ass Confederate flag. Uh, but unfortunately for these Confederates, a municipal law bans the use of racist symbols at public festivals. This could end the festivities. A justification for the legislation passed last month specifically naming this festival. And the head of the Fraternidad Desidencia. Americana. Did I say that right? Let me try that again. This looks like fun. Fraternidad Descendencia Americana. (laughs) Nailed it. These are a group that represent the descendants of the Confederate families. They told the media that they oppose this law because they believe the Confederate flag does not represent slavery. Oh, okay, sure. You can believe that all day, but it does. (laughs) It's like the Nazi flag. You could say all day that that doesn't represent genocide. But let me tell you something. It does. (laughs) Here's a quote from one of these Confederates. I shouldn't even give them a platform and a quote because, you know, they're they're morons. It says here for us, the Confederate flag carries the symbolism of resistance to tyranny. Yeah. Also slavery. (laughs) Also, major dehumanization. <laughs> like, horrible stuff. I mean, you could say that the flag is a symbol of resistance to tyranny. You could also say the flag is a symbol of family traditions, if you'd like. You could say whatever you want. But, you know, there's another connotation with your flag that you can't deny. eh? <laughs> Unless you're going to completely ignore history, you can't deny it. But, you know, some people are like... My mind is made up. Don't confuse me with facts. You know, those kinds of people. We have another organization in this story called Unegro, which is an anti-racism organization. They're proposing that uh, the Confederate flags are replaced with the modern U.S. flag. Yeah, they're never going to want to do that because to them, the modern U.S. flag represents something that they wish didn't happen. (laughs) Really. So I highly doubt they're going to do that. And if we're being completely honest, uh, yeah, I can understand the city wanting to ban this. But I, I also, like, believe that people should be able to gather over their stupid ideology, whatever it might be. You know, like, I, I support the Church of Satan being able to gather. I I support, you know, just about anybody getting together and gathering, even that that very dangerous religion what's it called mormonism yeah i believe that they should be able to gather here's what these organizations organizations should have to do that they should have to pay taxes you know you want to get together with your warped ideology and all your friends that believe the earth is flat or whatever the situation you pay for that you pay a fee you pay taxes you don't get to not pay taxes these some of these crazy churches how? It's not okay. Now, let's just break it down. Let's be clear here. I see both sides here. I, I support the community that's saying, we don't want your Confederate festival not on public property. Got it. They should be able to do that, and that's probably proper. This is probably something that should be held on private property. So in that sense, I support them gathering elsewhere on private property. And I, but I do support them being able to gather. I think that needs to be very clear. You know, no matter what you're into... If there's other weirdos out there, and you ha- you can build a community over that, then go ahead. You know, maybe they want to have a noose tying con- contest or play <laughs> play poker. All the- I don't know what they're into, <laughs> but they should be able to gather. In fact, you know, it's a good thing that they gather because then we can kind of keep their eye on them to see what they're up to. You know, you want to know you want to know where they're at at all times, probably, right? The first vaginal fluid transplant offers hope for millions. In our story, we have a woman named Jade. She's been grappling with vaginal discomfort and pain for years. Well, thankfully for Jade, we have the sound of science. Science is going to fix Jade's situation, guys. Jade had some vaginal discomfort. Just seemed like a nuisance for her. Her gynecologist diagnosed her with something called BV. Do you know what BV is, guys? It's bacterial vaginosis. It sounds awful. Thank God we have the sound of science to fix this. Jade took a course of antibiotics, and things seemed to be better. But some weeks later, the BV returned. Another round of antibiotics helped, but only for four weeks. It came back again. Poor Jade. Jade is from Rhode Island. She said, I started not to like my own body because it was fighting me all the time. And Jade from Rhode Island is far from alone. At any given moment, almost one in three women in the U.S. has BV. And the numbers are even higher for certain groups. More than 50% of African-American women have the condition. And BV is very serious. It has been linked to serious long-term health issues. And yet for many people, medicine does not do the job. But now there is a new hope the Massachusetts General Hospital began performing the first vaginal fluid transplants in the U.S. Finally, after years of delay, the hope is that this study will offer insight into what can help the estimated 21 million Americans who suffer from BV. Wow, this is lovely. You know, what I thought was a totally weird thing, right? Vaginal fluid transplants? I had never heard of such a thing. Turns out this is completely practical. This is not weird at all. In fact, some of you might benefit from having your vaginal juices swapped out. Uh, Do you get to choose the person whose vaginal juices you get to swap out, fluids I should say? Juices sounds too sexual. Let's go, let's stick with the fluids. It's, It's a little bit more medicinal. How does it work, guys? Let's learn a little bit. Now, the idea is simple. You take fluid from a happy vagina and put it in an unhappy one. How do you define a happy vagina? Is that a vagina that goes for plenty of walks in the fresh air? (laughs) Happy vaginas. I support happy vaginas. We don't want unhappy vaginas in the world. And if there are unhappy vaginas, I vow to make them happy. (laughs) All vaginas should be happy. I and Weird AF News support happy vaginas. Just letting you all know this. Okay, the science behind this is all about, you guessed it, bacteria. Every person has A lot of bacteria. Do you you have any idea how many bacteria we have in our body? Well, if you guessed trillions, you'd be right, my friend. We have trillions of bacteria living on and in our body, in most parts of the body, like the gut. Having a lot of different types of bacteria is a pretty good thing. But in the vagina, apparently, having simple bacteria is better. It's all about simplicity down there, says Dr. Mitchell. What she wants to see under the microscope is just one type of bacteria dominating in the vagina. That's what makes a happy vagina. What's that bacteria called? Ooh. Well, it's Latin. Uh, let me try and tackle this one. I think I can do it. Let's do it for the vaginas, Jonesy. Do it for the vaginas. Lactob- lactobacillus crispatus. Crispat. Wow. Lactobacillus crispatus it has got my name in it. Yes, my name is in the vagina bacterium. <laughs> I can die a happy man. Now, some people call this bacteria the superhero of the vagina. It's not the same lactobacilli in dairy products, by the way. Not the one found in your gut as well that you can get from yogurt. You know, it shows it says it on the side of the yogurt and in dairy products, right? This type found in the vagina is totally different. This bacteria. The doctor credits it with, quote, creating a very stable, peaceful, calm environment inside the vagina. Nobody really knows how the special power works of the bacteria, but the doctor thinks it comes from the fact that this type of bacteria makes lactic acid, which keeps the vagina relatively acidic. Scientists have discovered this environment is also correlated with less inflammation. By the way, this sort of dominant bacteria only takes place in humans, experts say. No animal other than humans has a vagina dominated by lactobacillus. Not baboons, not chimpanzees, not mice. That makes it impossible to do animal studies to test these things out before trying it in human subjects, in human vaginas, hopefully making them happy vaginas. Dr. Mitchell has a team of vaginal fluid donors who insert a menstrual cup at night and come by the lab in the morning to drop off the liquid that's been collected. Fascinating. They are screened for infections, of course. They can't travel to places where the Zika virus is common and must abstain from sex to avoid a stray sperm sneaking into that vaginal fluid donation. After months of painstakingly collecting all of this fluid, one little tiny donation at a time, the actual transplant is pretty easy. No operating room, no scalpels are needed. Dr. Mitchell says they just use an eyedropper. That's it. You just put the fluid into the vagina with an eyedropper. Then they have the person lay there for 15 minutes and that's about it. The scientific community is watching and waiting to see if the superhero goes into action. This sounds very promising to tens of millions of women who are suffering. They have unhappy vaginas. We want to get these vaginas happy. The vaginas are so sophisticated, man, so temperamental. You know, it takes work. It takes extra effort to get them in the right place where they're happy. The penis is easy. It's easy. All I need is a cool breeze, you know. Some loose shorts. I'm feeling good. But the vagina's very complicated. And I support making it... Making them them all... Making them them all happy. I want a, a world of happy vaginas. That's right. The weirdest news came newsin' in from across the news. It weirded there. Touched your hair. All right, all right. How about some Frankie parodies, guys? Frankie Sinatra. "Old blue eyes, baby. Eh, How about it? Hey, listen, listen, in all seriousness, thanks for making it all the way to the outro, okay? This was a couple of these segments were a little long, so I'm going to keep the outro completely brief. I want to thank everybody who reached out to me over the weekend and said, what's up? I had a great time performing shows up in the Bay. I want to thank everybody who came to check out my stand-up, and if, uh, you know, if you ever hear me come to your area, man, just reach out. I'll put you on what's called a guest list. That's right. Of course you go on the guest list. You're a loyal listener of Weird AF News. Why wouldn't I put you on the guest list? Come on now. You out of your mind? You get to go. You get to drink moonshine with me afterward on a back porch, howling at the moon, smoking blunts. Don't you know? You're a listener of Weird AF News. You get these perks, baby. <laughs> but only for a limited time. <laughs> Yeah, limited time. Like for as long as I'm alive, you know. Who knows? Okay, uh, if you'd like to support me, because you think I need help, uh, you would be right. <laughs> yeah, you would be right. Uh, you can you can support the show by uh, joining the Patreon. That's the way to do it. You get extra content, baby. Patreon dot com slash Weird AF News, or go to Weird AF News dot com and click on the Patreon link. It's right there, big. It's like it's a big pink banner, man. You can't miss it. Or download the Patreon app on your phone. That's how you do it. Do a search for Weird AF News. All right. I think that's all I'm going to say. If you want to call the show or email me, let's do that. Funnyjones at gmail.com. 646-450-2012. All right. Are you, a, are, you, are you someone who normally goes to the Confederate Festival and you'd like to call me and tell me what a jerk I am? Please. I want to hear. I want to hear from you.